Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on today's show. I have two very special guests. One is somebody you know, if you've listened to my show recently, he's been on many times. We've covered some film analysis. His name is Thomas Millery of PsyOp Cinema. I will put a link to PsyOp Cinema in the show notes. But we also have joining us uh, Theodore, who was a former member of Adam Waffen, a group that I studied in my most recent book, Global Death Cult. So I'm delighted to have him. He did an interview with Thomas on PSYOP Cinema, which Thomas generously allowed me to post into my podcast. It was very well received. And so this will be a follow-up. So I'm going to ask some questions that I try not to overlap with the earlier um, interview that Thomas had with Theodore about Adam Waffen and his involvement. Uh, they both, I think, met up because they are both Orthodox Christians, so... Uh, gratefully or luckily Theodore came out the other side but uh, and he talks in the earlier interview I listened to it again for the second time today talks about kind of the dark spiritual energy behind Adam often and, and that dark spiritual energy is definitely behind Order of the Nine Angles as well but uh, I have some additional questions and Theodore's also read my book so maybe he saw something in there that he, he might want to expand upon on the other earlier interviews so Thomas Millery and Theodore, welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. Hey, thanks so much for having me again, William. I really appreciate it. Cool. And Theodore, maybe for people who didn't hear the first show, I recommend people go back and listen to that first. But maybe you could just do a brief background about how you became interested in the far right. I know you mentioned Iron March. And that's mm -hmm. something I studied as well. Can you kind of talk about how you got into it? I think it was you were you got started in 2016. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was 2016. It was right around the time of the, um, uh, the 2016, you know, presidential elections. Um, and, uh, I kinda, uh, kinda got my hands I, at that time. It was more of like a, uh, as the whole libertarian, um, type, uh, phase. I was a huge, uh, Ron Paul supporter. Um, and I had a friend uh, who I came in contact with uh, it was about, you know, five years since I talked to him that I went to high school with. And he was kind of into the uh, white nationalist type of um, scene. And uh, he kind of introduced me to some like introductory level uh, podcasts and, um, and, and books that kind of piqued my interest. And then from there, it was kind of like a slow progression um, into Adam often over a time period. I think from the time I kind of got introduced to the whole white nationalist uh, movement uh, and then getting into Adam often, it was probably a time period of uh, probably around six months. It happened really fast. So do you remember those early books that you read that kind of, yeah, uh, your first introduction uh the first book that i ever read kind of like uh that really uh piqued my interest in the whole white nationalist movement was uh the culture of critique um and i forget what the the author of that book was but basically it was a yes yes that book it was a basically a historical analysis of of uh an overview of the study of um uh, the Jewish people, the movements, um, different groups, and their and their part in different aspects of society. Um, and then after that book, 
I went right into it. I read um, Mein Kampf, of course, by Hitler, and then I read White Power by George Lincoln Rockwell. So, right. So you yep. kind of covered some uh, different type of writers. I think McDonald is still around. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. So you read those, and so that kind of intrigued you. And you said you went on to Iron Marsh, right? So you were mm-hmm. that was one of the earlier fascists. I think the guy who ran that was known as Slavros, right? And I write about him in my book. Is that right? Do you remember? Do you ever come across him? You're muted, Theodore. So anyway, it was uh, Alexander Slavros Mukdinov. I think he was on there. If you can still hear me, you're muted, Theodore. But the uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, um, was I muted the whole time? Yes. Oh, okay. So no, I I I I uh, I met Slavros. Um, not in person, but like I interact with him a lot over Discord, um, on multiple different Discord servers. So I, I had voice to voice interaction with him. Um, and um, what was your impression? Yeah. He was an interesting fellow. Um, he had a very interesting perspective on the whole Ukrainian Russian conflict. Um, him being from Russia, I know his dad. I forget exactly what what his background was, but I know his dad was somehow had some involvement or ties with the Russian government. I don't know exactly how, um, can't remember. And I know he was part Uzbek. Um, and I don't know what exactly part of the family that came from, but, um, it was really odd because him being, you know, uh, you know, racially mixed had like a weird type of like vibe, like, especially with those in the white nationalist community. But the the but it didn't really had any anything like there was really no conflict of interest at the end of the day because Iron March was really just a a forum um, dedicated to people who had a fascist mindset no matter what their racial um, background was. Um, right, it was like that, that was like the most active kind of posting area for the right far right at that time. Right, that was kind of where everybody wanted to go. Would you agree with that? Um, so, I mean, they had, so they, I know the right stuff, um, had like a huge forum. They were kind of like your typical, like entry-level white nationalist type thing. Um, and of course you had Stormfront, but I don't think they're as active as they were like years ago. Cause Stormfront had like all the, the older type groups, you know, people that were involved with like the KKK, um, William Luther Pierce's, uh, you know, side. And then. Uh, Iron March was more geared towards like um, more, I guess, extreme forms of fascism, um, more like um, dedicated more to like a outspoken, like a national socialist mindset, if you want to call it that. Um, but it was more international. It wasn't just people from the U.S., right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they had they had, so the forum had a lot of members from like uh, Norwegian company uh, countries. I know there were a, guy, a lot of guys from the, um, I forget that group, the big group in Norway. Um, there's this big group in Norway. There's like the number one white nationalist group in Norway. Um, Nordic Resistance, that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called. Um, Nordic Resistance Movement. There's a lot of guys that were on the forum from there. There was a lot of guys. In fact, um, uh, what's that group in the UK that was banned? They're like the first group, national, national action? resistance. No, national action. That's the group. Um, 
the founder of that group was actually on Iron March. Um, so you had a lot of guys from these all different kinds of groups all around the all around the world kind of like meeting together and having discussions and all kinds of stuff. So, so it really was global. And did you come across uh, Suvanarov, the, the Asian Nazi? Because I thought she was dating Slavros online. They had some kind of online that, relationship. Was that that female that was arrested uh, for that? Yes. Attempted ma- the attempted shooting. Okay, yeah. That's no, correct. I don't. I don't remember interacting with her. In fact, I think I. So I was exposed to that. I had no idea about that, but I was exposed to that. Like, I think it was shortly after uh, I left Adam Waffen. I can't remember how exactly I found out, but um, there was like a there was like a, a handful of us that left Adam Waffen, um, and uh, some of the guys were still into it, uh, into the whole white nationalist. Uh, national socialist ideology um mm-hmm. but we still kept in contact because we we kind of like did our own little investigation um piece you know piecing together the whole connections with all the temple of blood stuff the uh the adam waffen stuff and 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 i think that's how we found out about the uh the whole iron march slavros dating dating this female it was basically a right. Uh, right like she was a full-on and i think she ended up she's serving a life sentence she's the last chapter in my book but she went on she admired um the columbine shooters and she went yeah. to halifax and nova scotch and there's uh, one guy killed his parents yeah. the other guy she was with mm-hmm. killed himself so yeah a lot of these ugly but it didn't have to take place somebody uh talked to the, the police but yeah she was i mean that's how far back this goes she was on iron march and is like a thai asian not literal nazi like she knows all the literature yeah. and nomenclature and stuff like that and also i think i have a picture of russell on a video chat on iron march so he was there too right clint yeah um, yep yeah. yep right. i mean adam waffen adam waffen had its found like a lot of these groups uh these super far right groups had their uh the um the foundation set on iron march um that's where a lot of the recruiting happened was on iron march that's how a lot of these guys got in, tack with, uh, in contact with some of these leaders was through making an account on Iron March, basically. Wow. So it was global. Were you aware that Russell went to Europe or to some kind of meeting mm-hmm. in Russia? Okay. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um. So I don't – okay. For, for the Russia – I don't know that – I don't know about the Russia Russia meeting. What I do know is that – and I don't – I wasn't in Adamoff when it, when it happened, but I know – I vaguely know about – um, Russell going to the UK to meet up with um, Ben, the you know the the ex leader of of National Action. Okay, I, know right. he, I know he was there for a few days. I don't know about the whole Russia thing. I don't. I'm not too. I don't know. If there was some. Russia. Yeah, there was a meeting that he supposedly went to very early on in his career, where there was a meeting of uh, Russian imperialist, and hmm. he was there, and it was a whole group, and he was there with another guy, Jared Taylor. Did you ever come across Taylor? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember Jared. Very smart yeah. guy. He seemed like he was super smart. He was into like quantum physics and all kinds of weird stuff. Like, I mean, this guy right. Jared was. Jared was. Um, maybe we're talking about the wrong Jared. But there was a guy in. There was a guy in Adam Waffen. Nate went went by the name Jared. Um, like he was into whole kind of like building drones. Um, talking about like making drones specifically for dropping propaganda in populated places, like some weird stuff. Um, but it doesn't surprise me with mentioning the whole Russian thing because I know Brandon, Brandon and a few of his friends were like super into computers and stuff. 
um, and into computer hacking. And I know that Brandon bragged a few times when we were on Skype call. Um, I forget what game we were playing. It was some military strategy game. He bragged a few times about how they assisted. Um, they actually assisted uh, Azov, um, warning them about some possible strike or something. I don't know if they were making it up, but they sounded like they were knew what they were talking about. And they were pretty serious about what they were doing. Um, Interesting. Yeah, Jared Taylor's of the American Renaissance. He was an older, okay. an older guy. He's okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know who that guy is. But I know, so like I said, with the whole Jared guy and Adam Woff, and this guy, it's kind of, well, I know we're kind of going off trail, but this guy, no, um, it's he was he was living in his car. Uh, uh, he was living in his car, traveling around the United States, and he uh, he when whenever we would have voice calls with him, he, this guy just sounded like he was he knew a lot about like quantum physics, engineering, all kinds of stuff, um, drone warfare, to the point to where uh, it would obviously be whatever the stuff that he he knew and the stuff that he knew how to do as far as building drones and maintaining that kind of stuff that would be used in the benefit of Adam Walton someday. He was that type of guy. Um, wow, interesting. Yeah. Right. So it goes back to Iron March is really kind of a meeting group for all these kind of right wing thinkers that ended mm -hmm. up in my book. But uh, so you never did you meet uh, Russell on Iron March at all or was it after that? OK, so I got in contact with Russell first through his um, through the Adam Waffen Twitter, the official Twitter account okay. when it was still up and running. I, I, I privately messaged the account and um that's how i began interacting with him was through that and what was kind of like the introduction and how did he i mean i assume that mm -hmm. there's a heightened level of heightened level of paranoia about feds or yeah so, infiltrators i mean how did they suss you out so what happened was i eventually showed interest in adam waffen i was still in a group i was still in a group called american vanguard at the time um and that group eventually, you know, renamed itself to Vanguard America. And eventually that's how Patriot Front, the group Patriot Front came about. But anyways, I, I messaged uh, the Adam Waffen account when I was in that, that white nationalist group, American Vanguard. And I just showed in, I sent a message showing interest about uh, wanting to be an Adam Waffen because of um, just my, my development and my national socialist views. And the first thing that he had me, he asked me was if I've read, if I've read Siege by James Mason. And uh, I was in the process of reading it at the time. And it wasn't until I was, um, until I completed, uh, until I was able to complete, completely read the entire book. Uh, then I was able to get a full length interview uh, with, gotcha. with Brandon. Over Skype. So that was the first step, all of that stuff. So yep. you read the third edition. Did you read the third edition that was I can't remember what edition I read. It was on PDF format though. I didn't have a physical copy of it. There was so the only physical copies that were around at that time were the ones that are uh were out of print. Um and were hard to get. So I was because yeah, there's them. like different members of the far right went through and re edited the thing. So the, I yeah. think the most recent is Denton who we included a picture of Robert de Grimston of the process church in there too. So no, so, told, yeah. yeah. So the edition that I read, I remember it had a, a car on fire on the front. That's the edition I read. I don't remember. Um, so you read all the kind of 
those were missives that put out by Mason from what 1980 mm. to 1986, if I remember. He yeah. worked underneath Rockwell, who was yeah. murdered in in Arlington, Virginia. So, yeah. Um, what were your What were your thoughts about reading his stuff? Did that um, you at that time that was something that you wanted to pursue after reading? Yeah, no, it was. I mean, so reading Siege at that point, and then and then uh, going through it, it. Um, it kind of resonated with me because even at that time, like as a, as a, uh, someone who is a, you know, a white nationalist who is kind of friendly towards the national socialist, had national socialist views. I really resonated at that time with the idea that, Hey, there's, there's no point in voting our way out of the mess, um, which is a main uh, point in siege. And then that, uh, you know, revolution is the only way far right revolution so to speak. And that is accomplished through different means. Um, you know, whether it's drop what they would call dropping out of the system, basically going off grid. And then, uh, you know, con- they would say conducting activities, but basically what that means is, you know, illegal stuff um, at the end of the day. Um, and did you, what did you think about the inclusion of Manson in that? In that book? So when I first read it, I didn't really get it. Like I, I, I was really confused about it. In fact, I remember when I joined, cause when I joined the group, I had a lot of questions about that and I wasn't really able to really figure it out until later on, like halfway of my time in the group. It was just, it wasn't, it wasn't something I really could wrap my, wrap my head around because I always assumed, um, even before joining Adam Waffen that, that, uh, that Charlie was just some, some dude that was on drugs and that was possibly a CIA asset. That's that was kind of my take on him, um, and so he kind of didn't. It didn't really make sense to me. And but that's the thing at that point in Adamoff, and it just shows that um, <coughs> the focus on that point when I went into Adamoff at that time when Brandon was the leader wasn't on. It wasn't on the whole Charlie Manson that type of thing. Um, although he. There what there was a a basic um admir you know an admiration for him in the group. It wasn't like to the point to where it was when at uh, you know when when Denton and um Cole were the leaders. I don't know if that makes any right. sense. So so when I yeah, was interviewed, yeah. So when I was interviewed, I didn't really I wasn't really grilled on that, um, per se. And so, did you have any face to face meetings with Russell? I never met him face to face to face. No, it was all um, internet, all Skype stuff. Yeah. So, well, what's interesting is Russell actually p- was planning a a like a a U.S. Uh, type trip with uh, all his buddies in Florida. They were going to eventually come, to, you know, work their way through Texas and then go to Washington. Um, and they were planning that for a while, and it was actually going to happen the summer. Uh, the summer. It was going to happen that summer before, that summer after, actually. Um, you know, when Devin did when Devin did his thing, it was going to happen that summer. But unfortunately, of course, that didn't happen because of what happened. So that was May 20, 2017 is when he yes. killed Onishuk and Hummelman, right? Yep. Yep. And so, so he was planning on kind of going around, but he also, I mean, propaganda was a very important component. To Adam Waffen, would you agree with that? Oh yeah. Um, Can you talk about heck, that? Yeah, no. So, 
one of one of the uh, one of the main purposes of the propaganda that uh, that Adam Waffen would produce, first of all, it it was meant to bring a shock value, um, so that uh, you know when it would, whenever we would go post it in public, whether it was a college campus, um, a bank, uh, a community center, doesn't matter where, um, the whole go was to get uh, media coverage, to bring shock value to to make the public afraid um it wasn't meant to be a way of trying to recruit people although that did happen to where we did have you know individuals contact us because of the propaganda the whole main thing was to instill was to instill fear in the public eyes basically um and 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 the the media did a great job of propagating that as well um Right. So they ate it up. I mean, there's tons of uh, media stories about the propaganda left out. There's actually videos of Onischuk doing his yeah. introductory, you know, how to get into the group. He's actually posting some of this propaganda. And the, the visual style is very consistent, very, what do you call it, nihilistic, uh, mm-hmm. post-industrial feel, right? With the whole skull mask and stuff like that. Yeah, it's meant to bring like an almost like an ap- apocalyptic feel, like... It's the end of the world, and we're going to take over, basically. Kind of, you know, kind of like a, um, well, like I said, it, it was meant to instill fear. Kind of had like a, grud- a, a grudgy, dark tone, um, very like, like to make you scared, make you fear, like that these people do exist, and you don't know who they are or where they're at. Um, Interesting. So it was kind of like silent, and all the people had fake names, right? So there were code yep. words that Russell knew, right? But not everybody else did. So, right? Yeah, pretty much. Everyone had their own alias. Everyone had their own code word, code name. Um, we didn't go by first name basis, obviously. That was to protect our identities. Um, kind of like, uh, I mean, Antifa kind of operates on the same basis, and they're on that like right. opposite end of the spectrum. They're the same way. Right. Well, that's interesting. interesting you mentioned Antifa, because that's a question I had, because they at a certain time were and still are the far right, but definitely Adam Waffen's kind of nemesis. Uh, yeah. Would you agree with that? Were you aware of them while you were in Adam Waffen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, man, I had I had the I had run-ins with them and when I was in Texas. Um shoot, like they were like I said, they were the complete kind of like the horseshoe theory. They're kind of like the um the complete other end of the spectrum. They're like the flip side of the, the other side of the coin per se. And um, I mean, that I don't know what else to say about that. There was like, I mean, we didn't have any, like we didn't have any like public brawls or anything like that. In fact, Adam Waffen was very big. I know when Adam Waffen first started out, they had some guys that like protested funerals and stuff like that and had like a public showing and a public face and would do like public rallies. But as time went on, Adam Waffen was very, kind of grew as to more of, hey, we don't want to participate in that public type of stuff. We want to more focus on trying to, you know, conceal our identity and to, to drop out of the system kind of type. Right. And so in, inside, my understanding is that it was a two-tiered organization. There were mm-hmm. like people who were on the, can you talk about that and how yeah, people moved so, up to the Yeah. So there were guys, there were guys who were, of course, on the internet had, had accounts, you know, Skype accounts, discord accounts that we would, you know, we would interact with each other in these group chats and servers. And then you had, we had a few, a handful of guys that were completely off, 
off media, off social media, off internet, off any forms of like internet communication. Um, and they were more of the, uh, they own like property and, and certain parts in the United States. And um, Brandon knew of them. We didn't really know. We didn't really know of them. We know that we knew they existed. And I know that Brandon was working on, Brandon was working on event, eventually trying to find somewhere in the United States that would be like a central, uh, I don't know if you want to call it like a headquarters or even like a bunker, but more like a, a central place in the United States, like a big slab of land that we would all do our training on and all that good stuff and live. So, Interesting. Yep. So then how would you go from being like an outer tier to an inner core member of Adam Autumn? Uh so when I first joined, there was really no tier. Um, okay. Like there were no ranks, no tiers, no nothing like that. And then I think when after after Denton and Cole kind of took over the group, um, that's when we saw like a difference between those who were like who those who would like pass interviews, they would become initiates in the group. That's what we'd call them as initiates. Gotcha. And then after they would become initiates, they would become full members. And so basically that if a person was at the initiate stage, they would basically have to show dedication in different ways, proving their loyalty to the group. Um, whether that was posting propaganda, whether that was, you know, going to meetings, uh, going to training events, whatnot, building relationships with other members, um, that kind of thing. And over time, um, the initiates would get promoted to full members uh, by the leaders. So it was always Russell at the top. Did he uh, consider himself part of like a ruling cadre or was it just he was the autocrat? Or he was the dictator. He was just basically the autocrat. Um, gotcha. What what he says goes. Um, I know <sighs> there was a lot of tension between him and Devin for a while. Cause you could tell that Devin wanted to run things and Devin felt like that he could run things and that he could make decisions. But Brandon kind of was like the final say in everything. Um, Those are the two core members, right? Devin was member two. Is that right? I, I, th I think so. I don't, I, I don't exactly remember, but I know Devin was, Devin was one of the original members. I know that. Why did he decide to convert convert to to a Muslim? Because that seems like something very outside yeah. of the norm in national social yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that. I don't know his. I think what happened, if I remember correctly, is they had. So when I was on Discord, they actually had a bunch of guys that were. So there was this Discord server. This is kind of going on a rabbit trail. But there was this Discord server on Discord that was really big uh, called, um, I think it was like Religions and Worldviews. Um, and it basically had, it was basically made up of a lot of people that were on the far right. But there were all kinds of people there, basically all kinds of people with religious backgrounds and different views. And the, the Discord server would basically be organized by, you know, a person's religion. And it was just basically a server where people just argue and debate all the time. Anyways, a lot of these guys that were that were of this Islamic background, um, I know a lot of them had close ties with Devin. And I know that they had their own like servers, their own, you know, Islamic servers. 
um, almost almost to the point of uh, like supporting terrorism type. Like these just weren't your typical. And I'm not gonna be like you know use a general generalization. I don't like to do that, but they weren't they weren't like a, just a typical American uh, you know Muslim who who isn't advocating for the you know the Sharia Sharia law and 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 jihad. But these guys these guys on the internet on the Discord were were all about that type of thing. And Devin was heavily invested in that. And I don't know was- who exactly he came in contact with that really brought him into it. But I know a lot of his close ties were on Skype and Discord, um, just from seeing interactions with other people with him. So, so it was a radical Islamic, you know, yeah. bent of Islam. Yeah, his dad said that uh, Devin was online all the time. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's been diagnosed now with schizophrenia, autism, yeah. the whole bit. Did you get a sense that? I mean, it seems like a lot of the. I mean, if you look at the background of Onish Chuck Himmelman mm-hmm. uh, and Devin Anders, do you, do you, Arthur? Sorry. Um, did you ever get a sense that some of these guys had autism or were on the spectrum? It's really hard to tell because it's, if I'm going to answer that question, like from where I'm at now in my life, uh, I really do feel like, and I know I kind of hit on this a little bit on the lot, the episode I did with Thomas. Um, I really feel like there's a deep spiritual aspect behind a lot of this stuff. I think that. And I'm and I'm speaking from experience and how this works is, I mean we and even in America, um, it's really hard to define what American culture is in 2023. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of brokenness. A lot of people um, that are at the young age that are growing up in this in 2023 that are I would call having an identity crisis. Um, trying to figure out, you know, who they are, ask the deep questions of life. And I think a lot of young guys find themselves um, attracted to this type of thing because it really feeds an inner desire for a community, for closeness with other people, camaraderie, um, all kinds of things. And I think even, even like when we would say that, you know, some of these guys had we're on the spectrum for like autism or even like schizophrenic. I think that it is my person. What well, is not, it is my personal opinion that a lot of these disorders that we would, we would call, you know, you know, mental disorders and, and the fact that they've been growing exponentially without, you know, uh, for, for a long time now. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with um, the influence of the demons in the aerial realms. Um, I know that might sound crazy, but I think that there's an aspect of the unseen realm that we see at play here. Um, and I think especially with someone like Devin um, to, you know, to go off and, um, you know, take, take to take, take those two guys lives in that apartment. There had to be, you know, uh, there had to be some influence of at, at a thought level, you know, what kind of thoughts he was having and not only the thoughts that he was having, but the thoughts that he was believing that led him to do what he did. And so there's a very dark aspect to this um, at a demonic level, even in like at an energy, like a dark energy level that, that plays into this type of thing. And I think there were some guys like, like, like you brought up, I think there were some guys, it wasn't just, it was just, wasn't Devin. I mean, it was obviously Sam Woodward and a few other guys in the group that were really, Giampa. Giampa. yeah, that were, 
that were really open, I would say that opened themselves up to this and gave what we would call what, what I would say is they gave their base, they gave rights over to the devil at the end of the day. Um, and so they, that the darkness had that foothold over them. And because of that, they, they did what they did. They're still to blame at the end of the day because there's human responsibility involved, but there's a darkness. There's a dark aspect of this at play that we can't really see with our physical eye in the spiritual realm. And I think, I think at the end of the day, when you peel back the onion layer, a lot of these guys and Adam Waffen, even in some of these softer, you would call softer white nationalist groups that aren't like per se would call themselves Nazis or national socialists. It's still, it's still a gateway for that kind of like how marijuana we could say is a gateway to other things. So I don't know if that kind of explains it a little bit from my perspective. I mean, I think so. I think that, uh, yeah, there's something dark. I've, I've just read today that and uh, Arthur's was diagnosed with having auditory and visual hallucinations too. So sometimes that's kind of consistent with spiritual mm-hmm. possession or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is dark stuff. The Order of Nine Angles is very dark. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you, you said you didn't see that until you left the group. Right. What, what, or did you leave after the, uh-huh. this kind of death that happened in 2017, 2018? Yeah, so kind of what began my journey out of the group was the was he coming was was the funding out about what sam woodward did um that kind of was like the initial spark that really because before that i took a break i took like a two-month break off um the discord off communications with other members for a while just to collect my thoughts um and i came back to the discord to find out one of my buddies sent me an, an online news article about Sam Woodward. And I'm like, no. And, 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 and as soon as I saw that, my heart dropped. And I just, I was like, I was complete. I was shocked. Um, and, but I wasn't surprised. I was shocked, but I wasn't surprised. And so I, I think it was at that moment that I'm like, I think a, a lot of us that leave, leave the, the far right, um national socialist type type ideologies and groups is is you know how 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 did we end up this far far gone (laughs) you know and uh yeah that was a very brutal killing in orange county i think it's january 10th 2018 and woodward has actually not even been tried yet he's been in the in jail for five years yeah they just said his pre-trial hearing is is this month it's supposed to happen this month so yeah it was uh pretty brutal yeah um if i can jump in for a second something that i want to ask theodore is um is so theodore when you and i had first uh, first talked when you when you came on side cinema you hadn't yet read uh, global death cult and then you subsequently have and uh from a little bit that you and i have talked off mic since then you had mentioned you, you had uh, learned more about order of nine angles ideology mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. which you knew a little bit about had been exposed to with some of what you saw when you were in Adam Waffen, but the real takeover, uh, ideological takeover of the group was was after you left. And you mentioned to me just how struck you were by some of the things in Global Death called about the intense similarities of the, the philosophy of Adam Waffen and then the Order of Nine Angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and a lot of that, it seems to me, I'll just say in advance, uh, really seems to follow the pattern of... Uh, of um, 
uh, coagulate and dissolve this alchemical formula we see from cultural engineers all the time, that is the kind of stuff that uh, my co-host Brett and I cover on PSYOP Cinema a lot on both uh, how that's applied in both an individual and a civilizational scale. Um, and so, Theodore, I was just wondering, uh, because it's something that you and I talked a lot about when you were on my show was, the, was this transition from the Brandon Russell style Adamoff and ideology to the Temple of Blood stuff later on. But can you talk uh, a little bit about what you see now as the similarities between the ideas and the writings of 09A with Adamoff? Yeah, so, um, hmm. I think one of the main, one of the main aspects in the similarities that I was saying was how 09A um, pushes the idea of like transcending your transcending the conscience basically, or, or becoming the superhuman, or if you want to call it like the super Aryan, um, you know, doing, doing all and, and, and reading the, like the rituals, I didn't read all the rituals and some of the stuff in, in, in the book, just, I mean, for reasons, I just, I don't like, I, I kind of get the concept and I get the grasp, but I, I don't, you know, I don't need to read the rituals in depth to get a basic grasp of, Hey, these guys, it's kind of like, it, there's nothing new under the sun. It's, at the end of the day, transhumanism kind of is the same same type of thing. It's a man trying to ascend to godhood without God, um, and and O nine A is just more of a dark darker way of trying to do that. And what's really interesting is Denton Denton and Cole really push that. Um, Brandon Russell didn't really push that, but the way that Denton and Cole would always talk about how Adam Waffen was more of about the individual more than the collective. It was more about the individual transcending himself, um, becoming a, a, a God per se, or becoming a superhuman, um, overcoming his weaknesses, um, you know, growing his strengths so that, you know, so that when the, when the, when the revolution comes or when the collapse happens, everyone is, everyone is, you know, dying off or, or, or becoming weak. Um, the person can transcend all of that, that weakness. Um, it's almost, almost like a, like a, like a radical form of Darwinianism. If you want to think about that. Um, that's one, one similarity I was seeing. Um, another thing that I was seeing uh, in the group was a, the, I know the idea of the 09A, the idea of calling or, you know, the, the, the ritual sacrifice type of aspect. Um, and, and Adam Waffen, it was really interesting because, they, it was like a two-sided coin. At one hand, they always stress the idea of never talking about anything that you do. Um, but the other end of the aspect too, uh, they, there was a huge encouragement of violence and making sure that whatever you do, you make it count and you, you leave a dent in the system per se. Um, not a dent, but uh, you, you hurt the system more becoming a waste and doing something and getting arrested and having your life thrown down, down the drain. And I think that um, there's an aspect of dark. I know when I remember reading about the 09A that the idea of calling was one of the aspect was harvesting the type that the type of energy that is, that comes from, from harvesting someone that is weak, like a, like a victim or something. Um, and I know Denton and Colden really weren't really explicit about that, about the idea of calling an Adam often, but there was more of a hint towards um, living life in Adam Waffen as a national socialist 
um, as a way of um, like seeing everyone as inferior to yourself. So basically Adam Waffen would see the typical, the, they would call the masses um, lemmings. And I think it wasn't just Adam Waffen that would refer to the masses or the masses of people or society as lemmings. But I think that concept of remember correctly came from uh, William Pierce, actually. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, similarities between the 09A and Adam Waffen. As far as the religious side goes, um, I remember it was before I left, uh, that a few months before I left, they, they were promoting the material and they even had members in there that were promoting it. Um, and that. Cole and Denton would always say that the material was useful, but like the book, uh, the books that they were pro that were promoted from the members weren't necessarily required reading for Adam often. Um, but overall, <clears throat> I think, like I said, the biggest thing that I took away, you know, learning more about the O9A and Global Death Cult and 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 um, and and Adam often, you know, is is the idea of taking down the order, you know, uh, doing away with the old order and bringing in the new, they you know, O9A would call it the satanic Aeon, if I remember correctly. Um, I yeah, don't know if I remember. Like, uh, they would call it the new Imperium. And yes. they use a similar, yeah. similar thing. It's like, like a galactic Imperium or something. Yeah. I galactic Imperium. Yeah, and then call people the mundanes. So instead of, yes, mundanes, just boring yeah, right. mundanes. Right, and there was yeah. uh, Homo Galacticus, who is this future man, and then yeah. there's Homo Hubriati, or you know the arrogant people who should be selected for coin. Yeah, but I think that I think yeah. it actually goes back through Nazism. Same kind of yeah. concept, different words, but like we're the mm -hmm. Ubermensch, you're the Untermensch. Right, we can yeah. do whatever we want and kill to get ahead to create our yeah. own utopia. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, it was just basically the same stuff at the end of the day. It just kind of rebranded in a different weird like I said I, it was really hard for me to swallow the 09a stuff I just thought it was super weird um because it is weird I mean I mean I, I don't know what other word to use I mean it's it's obviously dark and 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 it is horrifying that that that's that something like that exists um and and who knows like even at the end of the day like how many how many actual callings have happened and then haven't been, you know, how many people haven't been charged or found out, right. you know, we That's don't know. That's an excellent question. That's a great question. <laughs> I ask myself that question all the time. I actually yeah. came at the, you know, to the, uh, my research into the order of nine angles from my research into the spotty face killings, which are these unexplained disappearances and deaths of men in bars. And then you have yeah. the order of nine angles writing about that. So <sighs> it's a little unnerving, like uh, who knows what's going on, but yeah, yeah. very dark energy. Dark yeah totally. <clears throat> did you did you see like you know the nazis had their night torches there was a whole charlottesville unite the right with the kind of torch bearing things did they yeah. ever try to group people together and do nighttime rituals or daytime rituals or um meetings or anything? so when i was in there was there was this thing called hate camps um basically what it was uh Adam Waffen members all around the United States basically getting together. Um, like cer in certain regions, they would get.
get together in a certain state, uh, you know, have a camp out, do hiking, um, possibly train, uh, drink beer, have a good time. Um, I think the most that that like ever happened, like when I was in was, you know, we had flag burning rituals and things like that. Um, I think there were even some Qurans burned, um, some Talmuds burned, um, but like no, no official, like, you know, what you call like a ritual or, or um, a ceremony or anything like that. More of like just a typical, I think there was even some propaganda videos of, of Adam Waffens doing that um, burning, burning flags and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of those have disappeared. I have a few of them, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw a video of Woodward at one of those hate camps shooting off a gun and seeing Kyling and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, and you, did you, when you were in it, did you experience that kind of censorship or the presence of feds? It seems like something happened after 2017 where the federal government really laid down the law. Uh, can you try can you uh, ask that question again? I'm trying to think. Well, it's just, I was just saying like, you know, there's always this kind of pair uh, concern. Probably Antifa has it too of being infiltrated mm -hmm. by the federal government or being per prosecuted, right? Yeah. Persecuted and prosecuted. So I know that some of the like social media sites were shut down of Adam Waffen and things were yeah. taken down. I'm just wondering if you mm -hmm. noticed kind of the ramp up. I think that you know after the Russell was arrested in 2017, yeah. I think that they were they. They were going to go after the next leader. They were just going to shut down Adam Off National. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that was everyone's worry actually. Right after the right after Devin, uh, you know, murdered uh, Andrew and Jeremy. Because um, I remember specifically there was a there was a and I brought this up. I think I talked about this and with Thomas is we had a Skype call. Um, right, I think it was that weekend. Um, it was on a Sunday morning that we had the Skype call and we got the news from Cole and Denton, you know, uh, letting us know, Hey, uh, Devin did this. And basically at that point, um, Denton and Cole were discussing with the group on what we should do. And then I think at that, the meeting lasted for about a half hour. It wasn't really too long. Um, and that's when we saw the group kind of took taken over by uh, Denton and Cole, um, because Denton and Cole claimed Denton and Cole claimed that they were they were next in position of of, of authority, and that Brandon's I guess Brandon they, they said that Brandon told them if anything happens to Brandon that they're next in charge, basically. Um, but I kind of I kind of I kind of knew inwardly that hey this is serious like um if we aren't if we don't have feds in the group now we're definitely going to have them and we're definitely going to track them after this there's just no doubt about it um i mean you can't just have a member murder two guys in an apartment and then have the leader of the group arrested you know for the uh, you know the charge of the bomb bombing you know bomb making material and then not be under right. close watch by the federal government. That's just yeah. He know, didn't just have bomb making material. He had HMDT, like super powerful explosive, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the, like yeah. A dynamite or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, he yeah. had when he was arrested, 
or when they went to the house where Devin Arthurs did the shooting, there was a framed picture of Timothy McVeigh. Was mm-hmm. Timothy McVeigh ever brought up in Adam Waffen as kind of a hero? Oh. Brandon Brandon loved Timothy. Brandon oh. would talk about Timothy all the time. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, no, they just overall in Adam Waffen, a lot of the guys like Timothy. Um thought he was a hero, thought what he did was great. Um, kind of like a role model per se. Wow. So that was it, like underground, uh dealing in guns, hanging out with a far right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It didn't come across in some of those interviews. You don't know how. I mean, I knew that he liked him, but I didn't know that you guys were talking about him often. Um, did you? So you were never exposed to kind of like infiltrating because I know that uh, Russell was a National Guardsman, and people were trying to get training. Is that also an emphasis within Adam Waffen to kind of either infiltrate or get in, get training in some of these? army or military did you ever get that sense that adam waffen would want to do that or russell would want you want adam waffen members to do that yeah um i mean even like like thomas asked about the whole like what was in common with 09a and adam waffen i mean that was one of the things that 09a was about was you know uh being a, a part of all parts of society and infiltrating groups infiltrating you know the police um the military, all this kind of stuff. Adam Waffen had the same walls. type of... They, they call it, yeah, inside walls. I was just wondering yep. if they had that in Adam. Yeah. Adam Waffen had it too. Okay. Yep, yep. It was it was heavily encouraged in Adam Waffen. Um, and like I said, the biggest loyalty that <coughs> the group group members had was to each other and to the group. And so if 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 that meant we had guys that, were, that would tr- choose certain jobs to teach others on how to do certain things, um, whether it be like, you know, like combat medic stuff or, or comms communications. Um, so be it. And it was encouraged. Um, so, and, and then as far as like the military aspect, I know, I know later on in the group when Brandon wasn't a leader, they had some, a couple members that were ex military contractors. Um, I know a few of a few of the members were uh, combat veterans. Um, so it was an interesting makeup of the group. You really had a lot of group. You really had a lot of members that were that were um, had unique uh, backgrounds and that really would like bring certain skill sets to the group, so that others could benefit from those skill sets per se. Um, interesting. So. Have you ever heard of a researcher or journalist by the name of Nate Thayer? Because I know he did a lot of research into Adam Wappen. Yes. You ever heard yes. of him? Okay. So yes, yeah. I've read, I've read some I, of this stuff. Well, he just passed away about four or five days ago. So rest in peace, oh. Nate Thayer. Yeah, he's a 62. Oh, no. But I, that's kind of where I solidified uh, from my research the connection between the ONA and Adam Wappen because he researched a lot of those people who had the sinister tradition or Naos or Hostia books and mm-hmm. stuff like that now, on their social media. So they weren't very, you know, secretive about uh, having those right. books. Like they would take pictures of themselves with the book. Like, hey, look what I did. Yeah. yeah. So, um, he collected I, I, a lot of that. I, I think that those guys that were doing that just felt emboldened, like they couldn't get caught. You know, I don't know. Um, or maybe that they just weren't, just weren't being smart about, you know, concealing their identity but i think um 
it's weird because I, I even, I remember like when Denton Cole took over the group and I, uh, um, it wasn't after, it was really interesting because it wasn't after until after I left the group that I started doing like deep research into Sutter. Um, and then I found, and then I found the court documents regarding his, his arrest because I think it was the, was it the suppressor or something? Yeah, 2003, or 2003. He had yeah. a silencer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I instantly knew, I just instantly knew that this guy, this guy had to be a, a, a an informant. I just knew it. Like, I didn't. I didn't need to know more than to know that this guy had passed with 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 that whole case, and I could just my gut instinct instantly went there. Um, I, ju- I just knew yeah. it was a lucrative job for him. Yeah. Like it was one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Theodore, can you uh, can you remind me and then and the audience about um, what your own impression of Sutter was before you before you left the group? You had said, I think, to me that it was more uh, behind the scenes influence rather than like overt leadership from him, even though he uh-huh. played such a decisive role in terms of changing the ideology of the group. Yeah, so I didn't really see. It's weird because I didn't see a lot of him. I don't even remember seeing him or interact with him uh, when Brandon was a leader. And then as when Denton and Cole took over, and then we made a, we made a group chat on wire, the encrypted messenger app. app. Um, that's when I first saw him. And then he was added to the discord server. Um, and then um, he was just a really weird guy. I don't know what other word that I could really paint about how he interacted with everyone. Um, he didn't really talk a lot. He didn't really interact with everyone a lot, but he just was, I can't even remember exactly the interactions like I, I had with him that could really describe how he was. Um, but I remember the one thing that really got me to thinking that this guy was weird was when he, uh, cause I was in close contact with, uh, uh, an old friend of mine that went to that hate camp in Utah um, and they told me about his, their interaction with him and the things that he would say um, and advocate just really struck me as weird, like just a really off-putting individual. Um, I know, I remember, I remember it was said that when he was in the hate camp in Utah that he was trying to basically uh, advance the idea that the guys in the group should share um, each other's girlfriends and wives with each other. It was really weird. Um, and he was basically sl- every now and then he would, like I said, he wouldn't talk very much in the group chats, but he would always be, always be posting things about violence and, um, and encouraging, um, this, the more extreme aspects of, of the national socialist ideology, especially about, uh, siege. Um, more of, Hey, more of the idea of, Hey guys, we need to do, we need to actually get things going. We need to do, we need to do, we need to do activities. You know, the public we're lo- we're losing, we're losing the, you know, the public sphere and all this other good stuff. I remember there was conversations on, on wire about that. Um, other than that, like I said, that was just my general impression of him. He was just a really weird individual. Um, and there were other suspicions within the 
far right that he was a Fed. I think somebody else made that statement, and then it was proven, pretty much proven, in, in yeah. court. I think last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting too because he's associated with the Temple of Blood, like that's a Nexion. That's not that is an association with the ONA. So right. Martinet Press and all that stuff, they publish ONA people. Yeah. This guy A. Lane, his real name is Fleming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, 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 no, and and he it was it was Denton and it was Denton and um Sutter that were the main proponents behind pushing Iron Gates and Adam Waffen. That was another thing that was really off putting to me about the guy. Um, and it wasn't really off putting to me about Denton because I knew Denton just. And here's the weird thing about Denton is, um, I know I talked about this in the interview with Thomas, but Denton would always joke, have these joke about the, the weirdest, most disgusting things. Um, I, I talked about how Denton would always, if you want to call it like fan fiction, I don't know what other word to describe, but he would like type paragraph upon paragraph of these, these weird like scenarios and fantasies as if they were jokes. But like at the end of the day, looking back, I don't think they were really jokes. I think that um, there were things that he wanted. I don't want to say that he he. I don't want to say that he was like actually doing the things that he was talking about in these these little fan fiction paragraphs he was posting in the group as a joke. You know, you call call it memes or whatever. They weren't memes. They were very serious things. Um, and the fact that he would post about it all the time. It really got me questioning as to well, and then him him promoting Iron Gates, which was basically almost like a type of the stuff that he would talk about. Um, I mean, anyone has to read the the description of Iron Gates. You don't need to read it. You don't even need to read the introduction that you can get online to just really just Iron Gates is just really. If you could put any word to describe Iron Gates, it's probably just depraved. It's just depravity, human depravity, degeneracy. Um, it's hard to find a copy, actually. It's hard to find a copy these days. Couldn't even find a PDF. Um, uh, did you... Yeah. Well, yeah. When you were in there, did you guys have contact with some of these other groups internationally, like Sun Creek, Pure Creek? Um, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah you did. So you know, yeah, I mean, they had... we. So on the, I remember on the Discord server, um, the Adam Waffen Discord server, there were members from all kinds of groups on the, group, on the Discord server. Um even people, even guys that weren't in groups that were just friendly, that were like on, on the Iron March uh, forum and stuff, they all ha- they had all kinds of members on that on that uh, Discord server, and um, there was like no official like we're announcing this alliance or we're announcing this alliance that alliance, um, but they were definitely like um, like I remember it was it is it uh, what group is it in Australia uh, something resistance is it Anto Antipodian or Anto, I can't remember the name. Um, I know we were, I know Adam Waffen was really friendly with them. Uh, the FKD, uh, Sun and Craig division. Um, I remember they were, they were, I know Brandon and a few other members were friends with guys that were part of the misanthropic division. Um, they had close ties with them. Besides there that, was like, I, there was somebody in Deutschland too, right? There was Russian and Adam yeah. Waffen made it. I don't know how big they were, but yeah, supposedly I got because I've seen propaganda from the German 
Mm-hmm. AWD, yeah, so they do exist. Yep. <clears throat> and were you in the group when the whole ProPublica investigation took place? Uh, n- no, I was not. Well, that, I think, I can't remember. Um, I think that was I, 2018, 2019, and then it came out 2020, I think. I left, I left the group, I think it was uh, late January, early February 2018. It might have been, it, it was around that time. It was at the beginning of 2018 is when I kind of said farewell to the group. Um, and gotcha. so that's uh, that was before the huge swatting events and all that stuff. Yeah, the real crackdown. They arrested Denton. Denton's yep. in jail. Yeah, Russell's out. Would well, you know where Russell is? Uh, I is honestly, there? I have not been paying attention to what's been going on with that. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going Supposedly, on. Supposedly, Adam Waffen's gone, right? So it no longer yep. functions as a as a group. Even, you know, standard stuff breaks apart all those people. Some people won't come back. Some people will just reform into another group. Do you think that another group like it will coalesce? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think um, the group group dies. Groups can die. Groups can come and go. But the ideologies and and the movements behind uh, the beliefs definitely live on. Um, And they spread kind of like how (laughs) – kind of like how – you know, radical, uh, radical, um, Islam spreads, you know, the war on terrorism. The reason why the war on terrorism is such a failure is because you'll take out one cell here, but then 10 more cells will pop up around the world. I think it's the same thing, um, with this type of type of type of movement, type of beliefs. Um, I think, um, even though Adam Waffen division is, is, is no more official, it is, you know, officially gone. I definitely can see, foresee, you know, other groups arising and taking on more of the same mentality and 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 the same banner. So, right, like the ideology didn't die after National Socialism; just right. morphed and somebody else added to it, and then it made it to Adam Walton. Right, I guess it'll always be around the Darwinian striving, the struggle. You know, <laughs> the enemy. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have to take action and all that stuff. Accelerationism. Yep. yep. Most definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. I don't have any other questions. Do you have anything you want to add, Thomas? Yeah. Let me just uh, ask a couple clarifying questions of Theodore before we wrap up. One, I'm interested in something that came up uh, early in this conversation uh, when uh, Theodore, you had mentioned the same thing that you had mentioned to me in the previous interview about Brandon and the other guys being in um, uh, a very genuine conversation with Azov Battalion. Uh, and then we also talked briefly then about, um, or just uh, or William had mentioned earlier about um, Brandon going to, to, to Russia and meeting with some, uh, some of those uh, imperialist groups there. And I'm just kind of curious if there was any, uh, because um, there's the mainstream media stereotype of, oh, far right equals uh, undying support for, uh, for Russia and Putin and all that. So it's really not that simple. There are plenty of high profile white nationalists who are big Ukraine boosters and, um, and, and all that kind of thing. So I'm just curious how that broke down with the geopolitical views of Adam Moffin, uh, yeah. under, under Brandon's leadership. Like what did he, uh, what did he and other relevant people say about the whole geopolitical situation with Russia and Ukraine back then? Yeah, so um, I know Adam. Uh, overall, Adam Waffen had more of a pro-Ukrainian um, supporting as you know supporting Azov 
uh, battalion supporting Ukrainian nationalism. Uh, that was a big thing. Um, I know that, that overall that was the position. Even on Iron March, that was the a lot of the guys on there had that same type of feel and position. Um, there was a uh, a, a deep uh, hatred in all things for um, I wouldn't say Russia per se, but more of uh, you know the communism, um, uh, the, the Soviet Union, and, and a belief that that um, that the Soviet Union is still up and running today it's just obviously the outward aspects have fallen and it rains on through uh the um feder you know russian federation um so they're not obvious or anything like that correct no no not at all and and and, and that's the thing is today is i always laugh i just I, I try not to pay attention to the news anymore period it's just so it's it's horrible um i i, I just it it just amazes me to see just how and, and and today, how if if like support support of Russia or sup, any support of Putin or any support of you know the Ukrainian Orthodox Church under Metropolitan and Nufri, uh automatically equates you to a, being a Nazi or someone on the far right. But actually, it's if you look at just the history behind it, and the, even look at the history of a lot of the the, the white nationalist group and in white nationalist groups in in the United States and, and in Europe, uh, just the 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 overall support and dedication to supporting Ukrainian independence, uh, na nationalism, um, and especially, you know, Azov Battalion and all the groups that, that, that worship guys like, you know, Bandera, um, and, and, and the, the historical Nazis in, in Ukraine. Um, so I don't know, I guess that's just my answer for that. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I think there's a lot of misconceptions there about how those ideological lines uh, break mm -hmm. down. And uh, yeah. and also, I want to say that at some other point, I'd like to uh, draw out some of those connections between some of these fringe groups and their politics with regard to Russia-Ukraine stuff with some of the research uh, that I know I've done on people like uh, yeah. hyper celebrities like Ed Sheeran or Jared Leto, these kind of guys that we talk about on the side of cinema. We've talked about with Williamson, who are huge Ukraine boosters. And I think there's all kinds of weird celebrity ritual symbolism going on there. So I'll just bookmark that and say I'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, most definitely. And then um, one other thing, Theodore, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up is, so going back to Sutter, first I just have to say the fact that he was like encouraging weird wife swapping stuff is so interesting because when you go back to like major moments in the history of, um, of of demon worship and the occult, you know, we, that that kind of thing comes up. Think about John Dee and Edward Kelly and the, the, the occult formation of the British Empire and all of that, like those guys being into wife swapping and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. these, uh, these same tropes of degeneracy come up over and over again. But just yeah. I'm so interested in how you describe the role that Sutter played because you know, with even global death called williams book and then other major sources you know, talk about you know sutter probably wrote some of these major works um mm -hmm. uh, like iron gates and uh and, and some of these other temple of blood materials and is more or less the founder of the whole nexion it sounds like that's not what he was presented at like these he wasn't being pushed out in front of adam waffen as hey guys here's the temple of blood guy who wrote all these books and stuff like yeah. that he was just kind of there as the materials were being presented, which is very suspicious and screams insight role to me. What do you, what do you think about that? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I totally agree. Uh, like I said, I think, um, I think Adam, Adam Waffen was hijacked at the end of the day. Um, and, and, and from the inside, I really do. I don't, um, not saying that I, obviously I 
I support Brandon and the Adam Waffen Woods before, but there was there was ob- obviously a, a, a complete different direction that, that the group turned when when Denton and Cole took over, and then when kind of um, Sutter kind of started to become more uh, publicly active in the group per se. Um, and that's exactly like I said when Iron Gates was introduced was when that happened when when Denton and Cole took over. It was a few months after they took over that they that 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 book was the first book and kind of like the weird type type of thing that, that got added to the required reading. And a lot of us members were like, why the heck is this required reading? I didn't even read the book. I, all I, all I heard about the book was, I, I didn't hear about it, but what, uh, another member posted an excerpt from the book in the discord server. And after reading a, like a couple paragraphs of it, I'm like, why is this required reading? It just sounded like it, it read like a like the goal of the book was to completely desensitize the individual. And so I guess breaking down their moral values, breaking down their morality, um, breaking down the good uh, per se. And um, and then when Sutter and it was interesting with Sutter, like I said, he he wasn't really outspoken. He was kind of behind the scene, the behind the scenes type of guy and the things that he would say. Uh, really were off-putting, um, really weird guy, very weird, very weird type of character. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, so, uh, yeah, Suter was very weird. He had some kind of like people's temple of North Korea worship. His wife Jillian is making all kinds of pictures that look like the ONA and, and forests and stuff like that. Yeah. She's still around. Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and and what's really too, what's really weird to me as well is, uh, just just you know, clicking on some of the links with the whole Temple of Blood and and seeing their um their archive posts, you know, because their their blog I guess is down. It was taken down. Uh, there's a lot of aspects of like mind control um and their posts, mind control, torture methods, um, a lot of weird stuff. Uh just uh and and uh yeah it was just like i said when i left the group when i left the group i wasn't really making a lot of these connections until after i left and i had a and it was weird because a lot of my gut feelings that i had in these gut instincts that i had about sutter about the group being infiltrated about this this temple of blood group uh, you know later down the line they were just more confirmed um i didn't have all the evidence at the time but I just kind of had a weird instinct and knowledge that, hey, this is how things, this is how things really are, that that Adam Waffen was being used. Now, whether and here's the interesting thing is, um, I've always had in the back of my mind, I always wondered if like, um, Adam Waffen was kind of used to funnel people to Temple of Blood, um, because there was, I think there was over, some overlap, especially towards the end the end of the life of the group. I mean, you start to see in their later propaganda, Adam Waffen's propaganda, um, you start to see some of the guys with the Liber 333 patches. Um, you see more degenerate propaganda photos, you know, with with women um, and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and it was really weird. And I always, like I said, I always wonder, and I can't, I can't prove it. Like I said, I wasn't in Adam Waffen at that time. I was gone. Right. If 
Did you ever see a connection between um, mm -hmm. Denton and Richard Spencer? Because I think he was his bodyguard at one, one time under the hmm. name Snyder. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, Vincent Snyder. I think that's what his yeah. Denton's, Denton's uh, fake name, one of his fake names, rape and whatever he had. Um, but he was he was also Vincent Snyder. And somewhere early, even pre-Adam Waffen, there are articles about him uh, being the so-called quote bodyguard unquote for Richard Spencer. Huh. Interesting. No, I don't. I, I, I think I remember him going to like a rally or something where Richard Spencer was. Um, and, yeah, it was and, in, and, in Austin, right? Or somewhere in Texas. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. I know he went to a couple different ones. He went to one in Austin and there was one, there was another one. I don't know if it was Houston or I can't remember exactly where there was like two different ones where he went to. Um, and then one of them had Spencer there. I don't remember him ever saying that he was like actually hired to be a bodyguard for him, but I know he went there to guard him. I know, I know he was armed at one of them. I don't know if he was armed at the other one. Um, Have you ever heard of the Latino Adam Waffen member? He's friends with Nick Fuentes. Did that ever come across your radar? Huh? No, not at all. Was yeah. He, I think he got arrested for child porn or something like that, but there's picture, pictures of him. With this guy Nick Fuentes, who's hanging out with Kanye, and that's another that's another thing that's weird to me is a lot of these guys end up getting caught involved with that kind of stuff, which is really weird. Um, I mean, you had James Mason that was I don't Denton. know if was, like, with De I think well, Denton like, had got busted for it. Yeah, well, yeah, like like I said, what what uh, when I was in the group, he would always make these weird like fan fiction type posts. He would call them memes and stuff, and other people would repost them. And it, they they had that type of stuff in there. Like he was joking about it all the time. But looking back now, I, I don't like I said, I don't believe he was joking. And it's just weird that a lot of these white nationalist groups, some of these guys will get busted for that. Um I don't know if there's like I don't know if there's like a um like if it just shows that there's a de you know a, a degradation of morals. Or, uh, you know, if one thing leads to another, which leads to another or something. But I do find it odd that a lot of these guys um, that are involved in these far right groups end up getting busted for, for child porn or for, uh, for as different aspects of pedophilia. I don't, I don't know if there's a connection there or not, but it's just weird to me. I mean, because even, like even at the end of the day, like if you're involved in something like with 09A, there's no morals whatsoever. At all, right? right? So, like, right. what's to stop if, if a person has a desire for someone, obviously, who's underage, what's to stop them from even doing what they're going to do? Like, I don't know if there's a connection there to if they're, you know, just a breaking down of of the person, of their morals or whatnot. But it's just it's just weird to me. I don't know. <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm trying to find this guy who uh, is from... The thing. Um, did you ever see the pictures of the the Adam Waffen guys at the Bavelsburg Castle, or or the use of the sauna and rad was very prevalent, right? Yes. Did you ever see yes. That? Yep. And did you ever see the picture of Woodward and Mason? Do you know if he actually visited Mason? That he was in his presence. Yes, I know Woodward, and a couple of the guys visited Mason. Um, I think I only visited one time, if I remember correctly. 
trying to find this one guy. I wish I could remember his name. While you're trying it's to find that, let me just briefly mention yeah. that, Theodore, I think that's so important what you mentioned earlier about the mind control stuff in Temple of Blood literature, because mm -hmm. you know, we can make some of these connections with like older Order of Nine Angles stuff, thinking about the, the Gladio, David, Maya connection, and just like think about like, okay, like O9A really glows and stuff like that. But it's nothing compared to the way that so much Temple of Blood stuff is just like openly salivating over U.S. intelligence agencies. Right, releasing yeah. pictures of like Angleton on the cover, just like on their WordPress talking about specific monarch tropes and MK Ultra and stuff like that. Like even I think some of the Temple of Blood literature that I've looked at, which isn't uh, isn't very much. I'm, I'm going to look at more for research purposes as much as I can stomach trying to avoid the really perverse stuff. But um, uh, but some of that they even will like copy stuff that is coming from like a more conspiracy theory or Christian perspective. Uh, talking about uh, monarch stuff or Illuminati stuff or whatever, and just include that with the rest of their material and just be like, oh, but this is good. So just mm -hmm. like they're, uh, so it's such a far cry from any kind of anti-system or anything like that. It's just pure worship of evil that these guys who are supposedly extreme outsiders who want to burn everything down are just like mm -hmm. oh, talking about, oh, spycraft is just like being a Satanist. Uh, yeah. Which was great. Monarch's great. Angleton was so cool. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's weird. It's definitely weird. It's 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 just like I I don't know how else to. I mean, it's it's hyper individualism at the end of the day too, um, and it's 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 the same old stuff. Man just trying to ascend to godhood without God. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just all it does is it takes different shapes and forms at the end of the day. You know, whether it's the actual, you know, the the ruling elite. Or if it's just your average Joe who's in 09A who's trying to trying to ascend, you know, to to, to godhood, essentially. Um it's it's service to the father of lies at the end of the day. The the the, the goal is attained. Um and uh it's it's just really weird. And that's one really aspect one aspect of it that's really weird to me and, and stands out to me about the 09A is that in Temple of Blood is that as far as they want to be anti-system or if they want to call themselves anti-elite they sure do use a lot of the same tactics and even like beliefs and foundations that they that, that the elite use um and it's really weird to me i don't know yeah. i don't know there's like there's a contradiction there there's obviously a contradiction but um it just seems to me that they're it's just a collection of just uh, of disorder of disordered beliefs and views at the end of the day um it's very disordered very chaotic very um messy uh, right all these beliefs all these extra no matter like what political valence they have or if they're yeah. from the, yeah. uh, the elites or from people who are uh, posing as outsiders it's it's all right. chaotic and they'll be like pointing fingers at different people and saying like no you're the posers we're the real satanists we're the yeah ones, you know, yeah yeah yeah. But it's all contradictory and it all dissolves into just um, muck and nonsense because it is, like you said, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just the same self-contradictory spiritual delusions recycled over and over again. And I think what's important about Temple of Blood is it's almost mask off 
about that where it's just like yeah. you know, where it's just like uh, you know like absolutely we're in favor of the cia in favor of like all these other things and if there's an illuminati then they're probably good and stuff like that you can get the hints of those contradictions like within a lot of not just 09a but these kind of satanic delusions in general no matter what faction we're talking about but then temple of blood is just much much more explicit about uh, just being just like pro evil and destruction no matter where it comes from yeah yeah, that, that's one of the aspects of um, uh, William's book, uh, The Global Death Cult, that was really interesting to me, was reading the back and forth between Maya and uh, uh, the Temple of Set leader. I forget his name. Akino. Michael. Akino. Akino. Them, them going back and forth together, Just I was just thinking in my head, and I was reading, after after reading that whole, whole, whole section, I was like, man, these two guys are just basically arguing over who's more in delusion than the other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I mean it's 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 just it's 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 just really sad um it's really sad and uh and um i just hope man i hope a lot of these guys that that are still into this type of stuff they really do they they come out um they come out and and uh they they seek the truth because they're definitely in definitely in a lot of, of lies they're believing in a lot of lies um and uh they're 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 into some not good stuff and uh and i always like to think that you know we always think that we're not going to be the guy that's going to kill the kill the dude next door but um all it takes is takes is just one thought for us to believe that's a lie and all of all of a sudden we're on a trail of where 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 we don't know where we're going to go next and so i think a lot of these guys like i said are just entrapped into this type of thinking and these views and and there's a sort of like inner fulfillment that they get with having camaraderie and 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 and, and uh, commonality with a lot of these other guys uh, that feel the same way that they do. But the whole, like I said, I just have a hard time swallowing the whole order of nine angles and temple of blood aspect because it just seems like it just seems like some a lot of these people are just they're just almost like i don't even want to say nihilist at the end of the day but but practically they really are like practically speaking they really are because they they've come to a point to where um nothing matters except for them getting what they want which is basically destruction death and destruction at the end of the day for everyone um i don't know how else to put it i mean because that's what at the end of the day that's what the elite want they just want the same thing they're just trying to accomplish it through a different way you know so agreed i think that's a great way to end it do you guys want to add anything else before we wrap it up i gotta i gotta run i mean there's always so much more to talk about and i'll just say that in the future i do maybe with uh, with one or both of you would love to uh do and do another show on this topic maybe on sci cinema where i want to get more in depth into analyzing what we think is going going on with the connections of monarch style programming to factions like temple of blood or order of nine angles and just like and, and think about the ideology or even are you circling back to uh to, to ed sheeran uh you know the the most uh, seemingly milquetoast pop superstar in the world who you know william we had that really fun conversation several months ago now and i think I think Theodore uh, heard that uh, conversation and that's when he reached out to me and I would love to get back into saying like, okay, like, like, what are we at? Like, um, what are we actually thinking is going on here with people like, uh, like Sheeran having these symbols in there. And I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts on that since we kind of covered the surface. So let me just say in the future, I would love to, um, I would love to unpack all of that more for another time. Sounds good. Yep. Theodore, anything you'd like to add? 
Um, nope. That, I mean, I think I think we covered a lot. So thanks for I think having you did. me. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate your insight and your willingness to kind of share those personal perspectives. It's really yeah. uh, important to see how it works from the inside. So again, yep. it was Thomas Millery from PSYOP Cinema. I will put a link to the earlier show that I posted and as well, PSYOP Cinema's podcast. I suggest people check that out. Excellent work. And then also, Theodore, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yep, no problem. All right.